Welcome to the Grace Chapel Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you're encouraged and built up in your faith as we dive into God's Word together. Enjoy the message. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, we read this last week, it says this, but God is so rich, I said he's rich, he is so rich in mercy, he has an unending supply of mercy. Lamentation says his mercies are new every morning. Now, I have a lot of points today. We're going to put the points on the screen. Do your best to take some notes and follow along. But this is a message that you might want to hear over and over again. Because I want to talk to you about mercy for your family. I want to talk to you about finding freedom for your family. And I really believe that God's going to set some people free today. He's going to set some kids free. He's going to set some parents free. And we're going to talk about finding freedom for your family. I want to give you five points. And the first one is very simple. Here's what I want you to know. Number one, to find freedom for your family, you have to forgive your parents for their failures and determine to break destructive patterns. You have to forgive your parents for their failures. Now, that doesn't mean that you give them a pass. It just means that you forgive them, and you go a step further. You not only forgive them, you determine in yourself that you're going to break destructive patterns that have been passed from generation to generation to generation. I want to say something that might, you might find very shocking, all right? I want you to hear me. Most bad parents had bad parents. Did you hear me now? Most bad parents, not always, but most of the time, bad parents had bad parents. That is no excuse for neglect. It's no excuse for any type of abuse. And it doesn't mean that we give them a pass. We just give them grace. We give them grace. I want you, if you're in Hebrews, we're going to start in verse number 14. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 says this, Seeing then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may, what, obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Listen, it says this, we have a high priest who can empathize, he can sympathize, he can identify with our weaknesses. And if you're a parent here today, I want you to know one thing, you have weaknesses. You have weaknesses. You have flaws. Your parents have flaws. They were not perfect parents. They may have been good parents. They may have been bad parents. But I want you to know that across the board, we all have this in common. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us needs grace, and we need mercy. And the Bible says this, that we have a high priest who can identify with our weaknesses, help us with our weaknesses. And he does this. He comes with grace 
and with mercy. And I told you at the beginning of this series that grace and mercy always work together. You never find one without the other. And the Bible says that we can go to the throne of grace and we can what? Obtain mercy and grace. And if you're going to be a parent, oh, you need mercy and you need grace. You need mercy and you need grace. And we need to look back at our lives and we need to see that the failures of our parents, we need to apply to that grace and mercy. That doesn't mean they get a pass. It doesn't mean that it didn't hurt. It doesn't mean that they don't need forgiveness. It doesn't mean that, 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 that there was any sort of excuse or we just sweep things under the rug. It just means that we give them the same mercy that's been given to us. Come on, somebody. And we have to forgive them. I said we have to forgive them. You know, I often talk about my dad who's passed away. Right when we launched this church, about a year after we launched the church, he, he passed away. And he was a little rough around the edges. In fact, I was at lunch with a couple the other day, and I began to tell stories about my dad because my dad beat up, he beat up physically, beat up every neighbor I think we've ever had. I remember sitting with my mom when I was very little, and we were, you know, I was probably five or six years old, and I'm like, where's dad? And she's like, he's outside beating up the neighbor. I remember as, as in my 20s, in my 20s, I, I pull up to the intersection of High Paluxo and Military Trail. I'm about 15 cars back. I see two men fighting in the middle of the intersection, and I look, and I go, that's my dad. I'm in my 20s. He was an older dad when I was born. He's in his 60s. And I, I, get, I, I actually get out of my car. I start running up there. The light turned green. They both get in their car. And I follow him home. And I'm like, Dad, what were you thinking? What are you doing out there? And, and I said, what happened that you would fight this guy? And my dad said, well, he flashed his bright lights at me. Okay, I guess that's cause enough. You know, I mean, that was just my dad. He, he was rough around the edges. But you know, sometimes when you begin to dig, and sometimes you begin to look back at the family tree that is full of knots and full of flaws and not this perfectly trimmed tree with beautiful limbs, but yet this tree that is flawed and has knots and branches that go different directions. And when you begin to look back, and I begin to look back at my dad's life, and his dad was rough. And I begin to realize that, that he had difficult time growing up. And it's not that I give him a pass for some of his outbursts, some of his anger, some of his temper and lack of affection and different things, the issues that he faced. It just means I apply mercy to him, and I have forgiven him. I just said, Dad, I forgive you. In fact, long after he passed away, I wrote him a letter, and I just said, Dad, I forgive you. He wasn't here anymore. He, he never read the letter. He's gone to be with the Lord. He was a Christian, but he still had his struggles. And I just said, I forgive you for, for not being there at certain moments. I forgive you for, for anger, and, and I forgive you for these things. I just release, released him of any debt. I just let it go. And you know what? It wasn't for him. It was for me. You have got to forgive your parents for their failures. 
Number two is this. You have to forgive yourself for all of your parenting failures. I want to spend some time here today. Is that okay? I want to say this. You have got to forgive yourself for all of your parenting failures. We have weaknesses. Listen, if you've blown it as a parent, do not activate the inner lawyer in yourself and try to defend your actions. Instead, just forgive yourself. Don't, don't just say, well, I did that because of this, and that's just the way I was raised, and that's what my dad did to me and his granddad did to him. No, no, no. Don't defend yourself. Forgive yourself. Did you hear me? Just forgive yourself. You cannot take your children's failures personally. You can't take them personally. And you know what else? You can't take their successes personally. Because if you take credit, listen to me, church, if you take credit for every success, then you have to wear the blame for their every failure. Did you hear me? And I don't want to wear the blame for all of my kids' failures, so I refuse to take the credit for their every success. It is okay to be proud of your kids. You should be proud of your kids. There's nothing wrong with that. Of course you should. But here's a better idea. Give God all the credit for your children and refuse. (laughs) Refuse to take the blame for their failures. The truth is this. Christian parents can raise their children in a Christian home, faithfully attend a Christian church, have them graduate from a Christian school, and that child can still walk away from Christ. Did you hear me? Why? Because some children choose poorly. They just choose poorly. They were raised in a Christian home, Christian environment. They were taught the word of God. You went to church on, on, on a consistent basis. But some children just choose poorly. Now listen to me. You cannot draw a cause and effect line from every weakness, every, every sin, every character flaw of your children. You cannot draw this cause and effect line from your children to some failed parenting event that you had. You cannot draw this line and say, well, well, my kids failed because I did this and this was this event, right? You can't draw that cause and effect line. Now, that doesn't mean that our actions don't have consequences. And listen, your children have a better chance if you raise them in church. Can I get a good amen from somebody? If you raise them in God's house with a biblical worldview, according to the word of God, of course they have a better opportunity. But God was a flawless parent, and Adam and Eve still sinned. Adam and Eve still sinned. King David's son, Ammon, raped his half-sister. His other son killed his brother. So David had one son who was a rapist. He had another son who was a murderer. And the Bible called him a man after God's own heart. Some children choose poorly. So you have to forgive yourself. You have to release yourself from the blame. You cannot take credit for their successes. You give that to God. But you also cannot wear the blame of their failures. 
I had a, a moment this week, my wife and I, we had what we call those proud dad moments. It was incredible. I won't tell you what it is, but we went and we just had one of those moments. We were so proud, so proud of something our, our, one of our children did. And we're sitting there and I just look at Cynthia and we're just like overwhelmed and we're overwhelmed. And I look back at this child and I think to myself, of all that I did wrong, right? Because I would love a million do-overs. I wish I could have some moments back. I wish I didn't work so much. I wish I didn't put ministry before my family when they were little. I wish that I would have spent more time with them. I wish I would have been home more. I wish I would have not been so angry and yelled and screamed. And I wish I had all these do-overs. And in spite of all that, I'm sitting there watching the grace of God. Woo, come on, somebody. The mercy of God. And I said to Cynthia, I said, we can't take credit for this moment. It is only the grace of God. Because I often teach on parenting. You know, once a year, we try to do a parenting series and a marriage series. And, and absolutely, your actions have consequences and things matter. But I have people come up to me many times after I teach on parenting and they'll say, Pastor, I wish I would have known that 20 years ago. And my response is always the same. I wish I would have known that 20 years ago. I just found out about that two weeks ago. <laughs> I didn't apply all these principles. Much of what I learned was by mistake. I picked myself up from my own failures. And I refuse to take credit for my kid and just look at them and go, look what I've done. No, I say, look what the Lord has done. Amen? Look what God has done. But I've also forgiven myself because my wife and I look back and we wish we would do so many things differently. And we say, in spite of this, we're going to turn them over to God. Come on now, we're going to just release them to God. And the third one is this. I want you to know this. You have to give your kids room to fail and the Holy Spirit room to work. Did you hear me now? Give your kids room to fail. Guess what? They're going to fail. Did you hear me now? They're going to fail. And when they fail, it is not a reflection of you. Give them room to fail and give the Holy Spirit room to work. Did you hear me? Give them room to fail and give the Holy Spirit room to work. You have to break off the appearance of perfection. And one thing that social media, <laughs> many things, but one particular thing that social media has been so destructive about, it has put this picture of the perfect family and the perfect kids who drive the perfect car, live in the perfect house, and take the most perfect vacations, and you're getting the highlight reel of everybody's life. You're not getting down to, to, the, to the real essence of who they are. You don't see the fights and the failures and the times when the kids walked out, and you don't see all the destructive patterns. You don't see the ugly. You only see the good. And you have to make sure that you break off this appearance of perfection. And listen, mom and dad, you don't have to finish your kids. Let God finish them. They're 30 now. 
Did you hear me? You have to let God finish them. Just let God work on them. And when they fail, you go and you show them the same mercy that was given to you. And you pick them up and you be their biggest fan and you cheer them on. And you say, yeah, you know what? I've blown it myself. I'm constantly apologizing to my kids over and over. And you admit that you're wrong and you admit that you've made mistakes. And you say, hey, we're on this journey together, man. We're all trying to become more like Christ. Amen? And so you remember that when Moses was a baby, watch this, when Moses was a baby, they were killing infants. And Moses' mother had to put that child. Now, we, we sometimes read this as a Sunday school story. And you've got to get away from the flanographs when you read this one, okay? She took her child. Come on, moms. Did you hear me? She took her baby, and she put him in a basket, and she floated him down the river. And I can't imagine the emotions and the thoughts and the tears that were flowing down her face as she said, God, he's all yours now. And some of you, and maybe today's the day, when you say, God, they're all yours now. I've tried. I've lectured. I, I, I've, I've said everything I know to say. I've done everything that I know to done. I'm just going to put them in a basket and just let them go down the river, and I'm just going to let them let go and let God. And whatever happens, it's in your hands, God. I trust you. Amen? I don't trust the devil. I don't trust the world. I don't trust culture. I don't trust a lot, but I trust God. Amen? I trust you, God. And I'm going to let go, and I'm just going to let God. Amen? The fourth one is this. Forgive your grown children. Forgive your grown children. I know many parents who struggle with their grown children. It's not hard to forgive a two-year-old. Huh? They're two. They make messes. They just bounce all over the place. They're breaking everything they know to break, climbing on everything they know to climb, eating everything they know to eat. But it's tough when they're 25. And they turn their back on you, and they reject you, and you've tried to help, and you've tried to help, and it's cost you hundreds, and it's cost you thousands. Come on now. And you've cried more tears over these kids. And at some point, walls go up. And you're just like, I'm done. I'm done. Can I just encourage you with this? You have to forgive them. You just have to release them. You have to let them go and just say, God, I choose. Here's my choice. It's not, it's not my emotions. It may not even be what I want to do today, but I choose to forgive my grown children. Matthew chapter 18. Peter comes. I, I love this story. Peter comes to Jesus. It was almost like it was unsolicited, but here's how I picture it. I picture Peter's off because Jesus had said some things about binding and loosing. And he begins to think, and maybe he was talking among the disciples, and they're having a little powwow. 
And there might have been three of them. There might have been all 12 of them gathered together. And, and they're having this conversation. And, and, you know, he's talking about forgiveness. And Peter's like, watch this, watch this. I'm going to go up to him, and I'm going to ask him, how many times should we forgive? And, and, and I'm actually going to throw out a number. And one, one guy said, say two. Another guy said, no, 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 say four. Said Peter said, I'm going to say seven. Because he'll be amazed at how high a number that is. Watch this. And Peter goes off to talk to Jesus. And they're all kind of leaning over watching this. And he says, he says, Lord, how many times should we forgive? And it says this, our brother, someone that's connected to us. Seven? Sticks his chest out, waiting for Jesus to be so overwhelmed and impressed by his spirituality. Jesus says, no, 70 times seven. In other words, over and over and over again. And then Jesus tells a parable. And last week I talked to you about the importance of parables and the details of every parable. And he tells a parable about the unforgiving servant, someone who was forgiven this incredible, incredible, incredible debt. And then this same man who was forgiven this incredible debt, he goes and he finds somebody that just owes him a couple bucks. And if you do the math in today's economy, it's incredible the difference of what he was forgiven and what he chose not to forgive somebody with. When the king found out about it, he brings the man back into the, the king's chambers, back before the throne, and he says to this man, watch this, in Matthew chapter 18, verse 32, the king called him in and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Shouldn't you forgive because I've forgiven you? Shouldn't we walk in mercy? Shouldn't we flow in mercy? Shouldn't we let forgiveness flow? Why? Because we've been forgiven so great a debt that we have to forgive others. We have to forgive our parents and we have to forgive our grown children and we have to forgive ourselves. We have to forgive ourselves. And then the fifth one is this, and this is the last one. Never stop praying. Believe that God can do the impossible and never give up on your child. Did you hear me? Never give up on your child. I was reading the story of Franklin Graham. Here is Billy Graham, the most renowned minister in our, in our generation, of course. A man who has met and prayed with so many people, so many presidents, seen millions of people come down to an altar, received Christ, had an impact on the entire world. And his own son, Franklin Graham, spent years as a prodigal, would smoke and drink and used marijuana, and was just a rebel, just absolutely rebelled against his father, who was not a perfect man, a flawed man, 
uh, an imperfect father. And I'm sure Billy, over his lifetime, probably would look back and, and look back and say, you know what, I've made mistakes. And it would be easy to do what I said a minute ago, to draw this line of, well, because I did this, because I was never home, because I was always traveling, then I can just draw that line directly to Franklin's failures, all of his mistakes. And, and that's not hard to do. But you'll go crazy if you keep doing that. So instead, he just had to pray for him. Just had to believe that God was going to touch that young man. And if you look today, Franklin Graham leaves one of the most incredible ministries called Samaritan's Purse. God got a hold of him. And despite Billy making all those mistakes, as incredible a man of God as he was, God broke through. And I just want to encourage you today. Can I encourage you with this? Never give up on your child. Never stop praying and believe that God can do the impossible. I don't care how far they're gone. I don't care if they haven't called, they haven't communicated, there's no relationship, everything's severed, they're in the most horrible place as far as sin, they're in the pig pen. I want you to know this, that every prodigal can come to themselves, they can find the road back to God's house, amen. You never give up on your child, ever, never give up. You keep praying. Thanks for joining us. And thank you to our Grace family who have been generously giving in to this ministry. For more information about our church, please visit gogracechapel.com and give us a follow on Facebook or Instagram with the same handle at gogracechapel. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.